oh my god, they're the Gleek of the Week. <laughs> Welcome to Glee on the Rocks, uh, the podcast where we talk about a tv show that we loved and hated and are re-watching because we love and hate ourselves i am emily i'm mandy and i'm b and i forgot to write down what our usual intro is and i oh. had to make something up at the last second perfect i mean i think that worked pretty well like, you can't argue the accuracy of that yeah no no i hit record and i was like shit uh so um Welcome back to the pod. Um, we're going to mm-hmm. date this episode. It's middle of summer and it is fucking hot. And we're going to talk about Christmas. Yay, it's Christmas. <laughs> because this. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I had the option to skip forward the rest of 2020, I oh would. My God. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't even want to know what happens in between. Let's just skip no. it. I'm yeah. too anxious. It like, matter. Let's just be in the middle of whatever comes next. Um, yeah. Freaking. And if you happen to be listening to this episode back, like, I, I feel like you're not going to need too much context. Besides, this is summer of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is the summer of 2020. Yesterday, I loaded Twitter and saw that for the first time ever, the National Weather Service had to issue a warning for a fire tornado. <laughs> and I fire was tornado? like, yeah. A fire NATO? <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a fire tornado. First time in history they've had to issue a weather a warn. service warning for one. Wow. A cool. tornado made from fire. We're number one. We're number yeah. one. Every month of 2020 brings new horrors. Maybe the yeah. fire tornado will eat the the murder hornets, though. Mm. Like, maybe, maybe it'll kill their nest and we can take two off the list at once i mean that would be okay but on the other hand do we really want to know what's going to replace it no but now i'm just thinking of flaming murder hornets mm-hmm. that can't be good true that that they would just modify themselves yeah kind, kind of like how ants are like immune to microwaves the hornets would be immune to the fire they would just carry it with them it would make them stronger um I was going to say, speaking of things you can't kill with microwaves, Glee. <laughs> yeah, it would die. <laughs> so um, Technically dead, but it's still alive in all the it keeps terrifying kicking. ways. <laughs> it's, it's Frankenstein's monster just slowly resurrecting with nuts and bolts and patched together pieces. <laughs> the body of a good show, the head of a bullshit show. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. So, so this is season three, episode nine, Extraordinary Merry Christmas, which is a title I will always hate. So much. And when we get to talking about the song, Extraordinary Merry Christmas, maybe B can complain more accurately, but the phrasing of these words in a song, mm-hmm. is, I hate it so much. Ang- it's angering. It's, it's a horrible song. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, in case you have forgotten this episode, which I'm sorry if you have, because it's kind of fun. Um, this is the summary. After sectionals, the trouble tones are part of the new directions once again. Meanwhile, Sue attempts to recruit homeless shelter volunteers for Christmas, hoping to get the Glee Club. That's a sentence that really doesn't make any sense. 
Um, they happily agree, but when the Glee Club is asked to create a holiday special for the local PBS station with Artie directing, Sue is in dismay when they decline. Rory struggles at his, at, it is his first Christmas without his family, and Rachel asks Finn for too much. Uh, this episode was directed by Matty Fresh himself and written by Marty Noxon, who is a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer person. I forgot that. Yeah. Like, I think I knew it at the time, but, uh, for some know. reason, for some reason, Marty Noxon deigned to write for Glee. Wow. She wrote two episodes, actually, this one and Choke. Mm. I don't remember. Oh, no, I do remember what that one is. <laughs> that was a, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it is Christmas once again, which means that um, we have a placement of time. In Glee, it is now December-ish, um, which I guess means that sectionals happens in before December. So right, now they have in the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes some sense. Don't you know you're not supposed to look too closely at the timeline? I try. I honestly try really hard not to. It's just like continuity on every level. Like, they're just assuming that if you're watching this show, you don't care that much. You don't care. Yeah, it did air December 13th. So it it is designed to have aired around the holidays, which a lot of TV shows do. So we can't hate on that. Christmas episodes are often just fucking amazing. They really Um, are, yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite X-Files episode is a Christmas episode that has the nothing. Good, the ghost you stole. Yeah, I love yeah, that one. Yeah. I will watch that any day of the week, any month of the year. Um, so in our other podcast where I talk about the X-Files. Tune in. <laughs> tune in. Oh, my God. That would take up so much time. Um, yes. So this episode opens with Mercedes for once singing. Yes. All I want for Christmas is you, and it's uh, it's lovely. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. It's a really good opening. Like it It is. It's just refreshing to see an episode opening with a musical number by anyone but Rachel. But yeah, and you know they don't often straight up open an episode with a full musical number. You're right. They don't. Mm -hmm. That's probably what makes it kind of like I don't know if impactful is the right word, but Mm -hmm. like nice when it happens. It is nice, and it's nice that it's Mercedes getting this big song all to herself. Yeah, it's it's good that they that like Mercedes got to actually open an episode with mm-hmm. a number that was like solidly hers. Yeah, and looking real cute too. Yeah, oh, so cute, and everybody looks so cute. Blaine had the little like velvet blazer on. Mm. Okay, was it even a blazer? Because I put down that it was a smoking jacket. Actually, it might have been. I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, where Did does a seventeen-year-old boy in Ohio get a velvet smoking jacket? Um. Cooper, I'm imagining. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I like only to... a little bit miffed that Kurt and Blaine didn't get to like dance around the tree together as much, but uh, yeah, every couple got a moment except for them. Always salty. This is a theme in season three. 
it's a theme in this episode too, which we will get mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a we got a big chunk of time that we should probably dedicate saving my rage, saving, saving, the, rage. saving the rage. Um, but yeah, everyone, it's cute and it's only interrupted by Mr. Schuster <laughs> in the end, which is uh, kind of nice. Yeah, uh, more more episodes should have opened like this. Uh, the very few episodes I can think of start with a song, and they're always good. Uh, Whitney Houston comes mm-hmm. to mind. The Whitney Houston tribute. Um, yeah, I think any episode that starts with a song is always fun. I think the Michael Jackson tribute started with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was underused. They almost always end with a song, but it's rare that they start with a song. So yeah, cool. which is funny for a musical show. You'd want to like start with a bang. Right? Yeah, but I guess it is one of those where they save it, so we enjoy it more. It's true. Because you know sure we'd hate it all the time otherwise we would just hate it my god damn it another (laughs) fucking song now if they're a group number two i feel like that's a a caveat because there's definitely one that opens with rachel singing jason Mraz's i won't give up and fuck that (laughs) i'm i've mentioned that at least once Uh, before on the pod and i know what episode that's in and i'm gonna mention it like three more times before that's fine (sighs) it's gonna be a game now how many times can i mention (laughs) How much I hate, I won't give up. I understand. I have those feels about other things. Yeah. Um, so this is when Shu or Shu Sue comes in to ask the Glee Club rather nicely. I thought that she would like them to sing at the homeless shelter where she volunteers at to help um, distract her from the emotions of Christmas without her sister. Yeah. And I appreciate anytime Sue is humanized without it being a uh, episode of the week. Like, remember, guys, Sue has feelings. This felt yeah. a little more realistic that she might hide that she goes and volunteers at a homeless shelter. This episode did, like, make me realize, though, well, I, like, I don't mind how they used Sue in it. Um, there are, like, other characters that it would have made more sense for them to, like, be planning something for, like, a homeless shelter. Like, it could have mm-hmm. been this thing or something but the episode wouldn't have been nearly as good without sue's humor that was like a backbone through the episode yes her like and not the full-on humor but i don't know just scenes where she's sitting there calling every character a different nickname yes there were some good sue nicknames in here it was um i wrote down wheels porcelain and other gay (laughs) yeah and then Reynolds. yes followed by stumbles gelfling and young (laughs) burt reynolds which i was (laughs) And I remember the fandom pointing out that Blaine was quite happy with his nickname. I'm really so excited. Like but this is the Reynolds. only yeah, that. Young Burt Reynolds. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, part of me was like, is that just because Ryan Murphy doesn't want to call Darren a name? Because this is this is like right in the heat of um, Darren's rise on the oh, Murphy yeah. scale. So mm. not that it's not that I'm always like, well, that's only happening because Ryan Murphy's got a hard up, but. You know, to for Sue to point that out, I was like, would she really call him that? But I don't care because it's funny. Yeah. I mean, this episode, um, as most Christmas episodes do, required some suspension of disbelief. Oh, a little. In terms of yeah. how characters would act, including mm-hmm. Sue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because in the end, some of these some of these people are real shitty up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Yeah. You know, we kind of kick right off with Finn or Rachel demanding a number of presents from her high school unemployed boyfriend, Finn. Holy crap, I'm dating Kim Kardashian. 
um, Rachel is in fact Jewish. And I mean, which Hanukkah no one and mentions. Christmas are not the same thing. No one mentions that she is Jewish until the no. last 30 seconds of the episode. No yep. one mentions the word Hanukkah <laughs> until nope. the last 30 seconds of the show. Nope, not at all. And you know, Hanukkah and Christmas are not synonymous. They don't have the same meaning, but you know, it, would she even celebrate Christmas or is it just that she wants to demand presence? And if that's yeah. the thing, like Jesus, has she been this materialistic in other episodes? I feel like this was the strongest. It's a character trait that definitely comes and comes goes. Yeah. Along with yeah. her veganism. Yes. Right. Yes. The veganism returned here because she didn't like the gift of a pig. That um, feeds an entire family or something like. It, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I, so my initial reaction to the gift of the pig is like, you know, I, I tend to sponsor like an animal at a, um, a rescue for mm-hmm. a year, you know, like I, I do that because I find those kind of things more meaningful to me. So if someone was like, here, I sponsored a pig that will help a family who is in need eat. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd be pissed about it. I'd be like, oh, no. that's, that's, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, you're right. I don't need an, I, I don't need earrings. I, that's nice. I also just couldn't tell if the show was trying to make it seem like, oh, Finn got an awful present or, oh, Rachel is awful for how she's reacting. Like I couldn't tell either. I think the second one, just because she like changes her mind later on, but then again, Finn also gives her a different present later on. So, but it's not one of the things from her list. I don't think because they mentioned like spray tan and teeth whitening, which I thought was fucking hilarious and probably a dig at Leah Michelle. Yeah. She does throw out a line of like, well, where's my bling? So there is some, but it's, it's not like the gold star necklace that would almost be more like, yeah, that's her whole thing is the gold star necklace that she wore in the first season. Right. Oh yeah. Remember her gold star thing. We haven't talked about that since season one. I remember. (laughs) Glee does it. That's why we're here. We remember. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know that, that that made sense to me as a character trait out just because it's a Christmas episode, that she was suddenly a materialistic nightmare. Right, because I guess that's the moral of the episode, is that, like, you don't need material things. You should (laughs) give back and do, you know, it's more about the thought than than the thing, because that kind of runs through all the storylines. Who were they trying to prove that to? I think we've known that for quite (laughs) some time, that Christmas isn't about the gifts, but about the time you spend with others. Like, no, it's about materialism. Let's not be. Yeah, let's not... (laughs) Capitalism still a thing. It didn't feel like that was a Glee thing. To, it felt like maybe there was another point Glee could have tried to make, other than capitalism bad. <laughs> well, I guess the um, the last year, what Tina brings it up, like, oh, last year we were the island of misfit toys. So mm-hmm. I guess it's like, um, don't worry, the Glee club is on. It feels like they're on top of the world because they won sectionals, but they're still good people. <laughs> they haven't gotten yeah. big heads about it. Like we know they're check. They're going to be losers later again. We know how this works. That's right. Got to bring right back down. I, I did um, appreciate the reference to Artie's yes. yes, for like a day. Um, bless the writer, because like they did bring in a lot of things that you know, mm-hmm. like they remembered that Sue's sister died. They remember yeah. the, the last year's Christmas episode. Amazing. 
I mean, it's almost like when you have a writer who has worked on a long running show that ties together storylines and thematic elements throughout the series arc. It's weird oh, how weird. Like, I mean, that's that's a theory. That's yeah. a theory. Do you know Marty Noxon would have had to have watched Glee to pull some of those references, unless someone right. else in the writers' room was like, I don't know how many people were in the Glee's writer room. Like, there could have been a writer's assistant who was like, "Hey, there was this Christmas episode last year where Artie could walk." No, I think I want to believe that they were just a big fan of Glee. <laughs> the Marty was just like, "No, we're gonna. I'm just gonna watch them all over again." I like that. I'll go with that. That's nice. That's always what I think when I see these like one off or two off writers. I'm like, oh my God, they're the Gleek of the Week. <laughs> oh my God, the Gleek of the Week. Maybe that's the title <laughs> of the episode is Marty Knox and Gleek of the Week. I like it. That won't screw up the algorithm at all. I am, uh, I'm going to say, I just did a, a quick uh, look through Marty Knoxon's Twitter account. Uh, she watched Glee. <laughs> Yes. There you go. She, she very regularly tweeted about uh, Glee episodes a couple of years before she was writing on it. So what I'm getting it. is we have to add to our indices who is the Gleek of the Week. <laughs> it's just always Marty Knoxon. It's always Marty Knoxon. <laughs> do, we, do we just at her when we post this like, hey, can we, do you want to talk about this episode? Maybe for like a little special? Yeah. And also, um, apparently in June, she tweeted something about Glee and working with bad actors. Mm. Um, which she went back and later deleted because of the phrasing was confusing people. She meant bad actors as in people who took bad actions, not people uh. who were unskilled in the profession of acting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but now I'm curious as to who the bad actors in like her frame of reference was on Glee. Yeah, she tweeted this in June of 2020. So interesting. She also says she was on the show for one season and only part time. Right. The crew. Oh, this must have been around the time of the Leah thing. She said the crew was fantastic, but when the bullies are allowed to act that way, there's a culture that permits it. So mm. she basically confirmed there were some shitty people working on yeah. me. Yeah, mm. as if that wasn't obvious but i do appreciate the confirmation by someone like her yeah not that buffy was perfect you know what i mean but like it wasn't but it was a more cohesive show for sure yep not that joss whedon had anything to do with that yeah no our uh, next mini episode is how much joss whedon sucks that'd be a good one actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh Oh, I just found the page six article. Basically, I think her tweet said that male actors were as bad as Leah Michelle. Ooh. So there's a page six article about it. All right. Maybe we'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. All All right. right. So that's all for homework that probably should have been done before we started recording. (laughs) Well, you know, that's fast and loose is how we roll. Yeah. Just like the script. Keeps it organic, you know. Like yeah, freelance whales. That's that's the reference I was making. But um, <laughs> so the episode. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so. part of so so one um, I I think storyline that they wanted to be more heartfelt was that um, exchange student Rory, who is only in the show to sing solos, because I think that's what he was contractually obligated to do by winning the Glee project, sings 
blue Christmas to his family because he is homesick. And this is his first Christmas without him, without them. I, I, I just I don't care that. at all. Yeah. I just yeah. skipped it straight up. Yeah. There is the part right before he sings, <laughs> the Clay moment, where Roy's like, I want to de- dedicate this song to them and to the king. And Kurt says, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes, Jesus. And Blaine's like, no, no. Yeah, that was that was cute. I appreciated that. I did think that it was in character for Sam to offer um, yes. to take Rory home for the holidays, which sounds a little like a Lifetime original movie I watched. But <laughs> like that's their Christmas special is like, oh, you don't have your family for Christmas. You can come home to mine. And then they get married at the end of the show. Um, probably at a coffee shop. So I... <laughs> Since Sam has experienced homelessness and is also living away from his family to go to this shithole of a school, um, I it did make sense to me that he would be the one to hone in on Rory's feels. Also, just like, and this is something I'm forming my opinion on as I do like this watch through, Sam's not a bad character. No, he's not. I'm liking him like a lot Sam. more this time. Yeah. It's not like I didn't like him before. I just don't think I paid much attention to him before. Agreed. I like Sam. So yeah. I think but, I definitely had Clay goggles on. Yeah. And for sure. this That's time true. and and like we're older. Not that much older, but it's I think older enough to be like, God, this kid, his poor family, and his dad loses his job, and he has yeah. to work as a, a, a exotic male dancer, and he's still going to school and he's taking care of his siblings and it's a hard knock life. And he's not complaining about it. I also, um, just just expanding on th- that specific uh, topic a little bit, I think doing this podcast is helping me too, because even though we have said, like, we're going to have a little bit of, like, clean goggles going on, a lot mm. of people listen to this that don't give a shit about clean. And so I kind That's of, true. like, I'm trying to focus on things that aren't clean so that we're not, like, driving people away that don't care yes. about, you know. I mean, it took me a while to understand that people weren't into claim. Yeah. I don't, it's like, it's a hard one for me. It's like when people say they don't like chocolate or coffee, I don't fully understand, but I do try to put myself in their little shipper shoes. Um, Although I I will not stand for any Blaine hate in this house, but that's another (laughs) I don't know. I can can hate him enough on my own. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm not going to pull any punches when we get to some episodes where Blaine just does shit that I think is out of character and I don't like. But That's not Blaine. That's Blaine's twin brother. (laughs) Gotcha. Blaine's twin brother. uh, There's a lot of male names that rhyme with Blaine. That joke didn't go anywhere. Uh, All right. uh, So so we want to move on talking about the episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Do we? Um, speaking of evil twins, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I saw in my notes when we were just talking about Roy. Um, the the behind the scenes where Chewbacca had came to oh, the yeah. set oh, yeah. with him is probably one of my most favorite, like, enduring things from this episode. It's just the whole fucking mm-hmm. cast of nerds that were on this show that were so excited about meeting Chewbacca was really fucking endearing to me. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's a nice one. You can see them actually enjoying something all together. Yeah, and it's fucking Chewbacca. Like hell yeah. Um, in the episode, the the show. Do we want to move on to talking about the show and the show, or there other things? We can 
Yeah, I mean, because it's this is kind of when it comes in is that Artie yeah. gets offered, or P- however it works, the PBS affiliate wants to do a, a yeah. special. So Artie's concept for it, for his like <laughs> television directorial debut, is a combination of the Star Wars Christmas special that like only aired once and is notoriously horrible, and something that is very dear to my heart. And I don't know if either of you know this, but I am mildly obsessed with Judy Garland, and I watch the Judy Garland Christmas special every Christmas. And by watch, I mean force my family to watch. <laughs> that is very cute. So. Uh, I really appreciated this homage. Thank you, Artie, even if you're kind of a dick in this episode. He's a, he's a big dick, but um, it's a great I, Christmas special. <laughs> it is. And they also, I, I'm I'm going to take a guess that neither of you have seen the Judy Garland Christmas special. I have. Because oh, you have? Okay. My parents are old. And ah. PBS and any of those, we, we had those Christmas specials on because mm-hmm. I... I was never into the um, like Rudolph specials or the the little claymation like those creep me the fuck out. Yeah. So so we watched like the old big band kind of Christmas specials. They, if, they if, kept it very true to the Judy Garland Christmas special, and I yeah. like that a lot. Cute. I I did also like the callback that Artie was a director before. Yeah. And that he would have a vision because his vision for um, West Side Story was also a bit different. So that was a nice tie-in to character traits of like his uh, taking over of something and just going buck wild with it and telling Rachel that her song wants, makes him want to kill himself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I actually love that song she did, but it's strictly related to Larry on Allie McBeal. Yes. (laughs) Every time I hear it, I'm like, you are not Robert Downey Jr. I know. Leah Michelle, you walk away from that piano. That song belongs to (laughs) one person, maybe two. Vonda Shepard can have partial custody. No, really. It's just Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but it's just Robert Downey Jr. And honestly, people listening, if you've never seen slash heard Robert Downey Jr. do this song, recommend it. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It, it's on, like, every Christmas playlist I have. Like, I have mm-hmm. literally ripped the audio from a YouTube video to put it nice. on there. Um, so, yes, the, the special and Artie's vision, which is... Kurt Hummel and Blaine Anderson's chic swank chalet. And a night of Noel Coward-esque banter. Which I think is that he just wants to watch Fick. Yeah, yeah he, he really does. He wanted some Clay and Fick with yeah. you know, side character cameos. This also says to me that Marty Noxon, now that we know that she was definitely watching the show, is a clane shipper. Oh my god, she's totally a claner. Yeah. Wow. We gotta talk to her. Is, is I, this fan service? Is this what that is? It feels is, is like that, it. Is that what this feels like? Oh, Jesus. We never got catered to. It's amazing. I, the, the more I think about it, the more I appreciate everything Marty brought to this episode, because we have, like, Kevin McHale getting to actually act. Yeah, a whole, uh, whole storyline. Yeah, Mercedes solo opening the episode, yep. Rachel being a shithead. A, a shithead, yeah. I mean, I feel like she must have really wanted to showcase some people yeah. in specific ways that are very in tune with what I want. She's highlighting Sam's big old heart. Ah, yeah. The Cheerios got a whole number. Yep. Oh yeah, super. She cute. gave she gave a scene to Clayn and a song to Santana, even though they were both cut. Oh, that's Santana right. had yeah. a song. I didn't she, know that. She sang Santa Baby. 
Oh, that, oh that's it was on the cd though right i feel like i've heard yeah, this yeah yeah i think so i forgot that was never in the show the scene was just probably too sexy and they couldn't handle it versus a depressing ass rachel fellow so yeah so it's the um the glee holiday spectacular oh, wait before that we have to talk about the travesty that is extraordinary merry christmas it's a I thought we were just going to ignore it. (laughs) We can, except I can't. Because (laughs) the the only good thing to come out of that song was there's a really cute Clayne moment that made me feel things, and I didn't expect Mm. it to. But um, the cynic in me says that Christmas episodes are just a holiday cash grab for Glee because Christmas songs are where they actually get play on the radio the Mm -hmm. most. And they had to have an You're original song to get a hundred percent of the of the royalties or whatever you get from yeah. songs on the radio. This is what my cynical brain says, and that is the most horrible song. It doesn't even sound good on the radio when you hear it at the shopping mall. The shopping mall. <laughs> and I'm just right. Remember malls, guys? Um, I don't. We went to them and we bought things. It's crazy. You had to go out in person, and anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I, I truly despise that song with everything in me. I like, no, I also hate it. I don't like the, uh, the full pop of it because there's something about Christmas music that I feel like it requires a little bit of old timey feel to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know how many new, new Christmas songs that I have heard that I, I want to listen to again. It's the ones that feel old. You're right. The ones that feel classic. Like they don't really yeah. have a. It just a doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything but an attempt to write a new Christmas song and some, or something that I, I don't feel like anyone just really had a deep desire to write this song, but that they needed to, <laughs> yeah, but it is the cash grab. But yeah, I didn't, there's nothing in the lyrics of the song where I was like, man, someone just had some really big emotions about Christmas. Yes. Um, the the lyrics of the chorus are, it's a very, very merry, merry Christmas. Gonna party until Santa grants my wishes. Does that, that doesn't do it for you? <laughs> then it's like, got my halo on. I know what I want. I mm-hmm. It's just the Remigini sense. I don't get it. It's how about how song. many syllables... It takes to say extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary oh, Merry Christmas. I can't. It's it's awful. Because because when she sings it, it has to be, it's an extra. Like, it, it breaks the word up, I think, into 19 stanzas. And I just, oh, I hate it. Yep. Also, but I don't have- like, I don't like songs that begin with he came. <laughs> Into my bed last night. Isn't yeah. that the first? It is. My dream last night. Or my dreams. Like yeah. yeah. I just, there's something I don't, I 
don't need that why, for Santa. Why is Santa in Blaine's dreams? It's a good question. Is mm-hmm. it sexy Kurt Santa? Where's the fic? I don't think so because it says a great big man. So unless well, Kurt's been eating say, some cookies. Say how he was big. <laughs> That's true. No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh God. That's what this song means. That's why it's even better than the one before. I get it. <laughs> okay, I like the song now. <laughs> I didn't, need a, didn't need a reframe. Um, I do like that in the trivia, It's this is the first and only original song to be featured in a Christmas episode. <laughs> We're like, oh, we can't do this again. It's terrible. Let's do a mini closer to Christmas where we rank the Christmas songs since okay. we won't have get to do a oh, Christmas song or yeah. Christmas, probably a Christmas episode. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, because they got some really good ones and some truly terrible ones. Some really tragic. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, it's really just going to be like every claim Christmas song and then and then everything else. Exactly. The rest. Little drummer boy and then everything else. <laughs> 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 um, well, I guess we're going to talk claim Christmas songs. The Glee Holiday Spectacular does kick off with Let It Snow. Oh, 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 oh. We finally kissed goodnight. Kiss How goodnight I hate going out in the storm. storm. But if you finally hold me tight, then all the way home I'll be warm. And my dear, we'll still But as long as you love me so. That is one of my favorite Clay Christmas songs. Oh, it's so fun with like the big band feel. Yep. And they dance and have the little suits on. So I was realizing watching this that we never, not never, never is a strong word. We hardly ever see them dance together. True. They dance choreography next to each other. Occasionally they'll like swing each other around the choir room, barely touching hands because gay. But, like, you really don't see them until... So there's prom, and then right. the wedding episode of, like, two people in love just dancing. Just having a, a dance. And, like, it was so nice just to see them doing that little tap thing and yes. spinning around. And it's fucking adorable. I also remember in one of the... I don't know, extras of some sort, Chris talking about how he wasn't really used to doing runs and Darren had to, like, teach him how. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much money they could have made selling those behind-the-scenes clips? Like, do you know how much money I would have paid to see Darren Chris teaching Chris Colfer how to do a run? And then probably in the song... If only Instagram stories had been a thing back then, I feel like they would have tried to monetize that a little bit more. Yeah. I still would pay a lot of money. Now I'm mad. Yeah. Anyway, so that's his best friend and holiday roommate. And this is my, um, best friend and holiday roommate, Blaine Anderson. Remember holiday roommates being, you know, a thing. So, yes, the Let It Snow is perfect and adorable, and Chris's, like, 1950s over-the-top accent 
is uh, is a lot of fun. My word. My favorite part. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then what? Mercedes and Rachel show up, and they give Blaine candy stripe capri pants and a that bow tie. he doesn't already own. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, I think it's so over the top and adorable, like for all of it. I mean, that, that's a moment where they actually seem like teenagers, like overacting. I mean, Leo's laying it on a little thick, but the rest <laughs> of it. It's like slightly bad acting vibes that fits the age they're supposed to be. Yep. Yes. I love that. And especially um, if you're trying to, to get that Judy Garland vibe. Yeah. yeah. I love that they sing favorite things because I love that that's like a Christmas song now. Um, from, yeah. You know, from what's that? Mm-hmm. The Sound of Music. Yeah. I love that because it's a great song. Um, but I thought it was really sweet. The four of them, I don't think ever sing together again. So I can't think of a time. Great. <laughs> that doesn't mean they don't. It just means I couldn't think of a time. And they didn't have to fuck with the cadence of it to get it around. Uh, Finn and Puck do show up as untrademarked yeah. uh, uh, sci-fi fantasy characters. That's copyright infringement. That would be copyright infringement. That would be copyright infringement. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't also sing a song when they walked in. Oh, no, they do. They do Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I forgot. That's because I I clicked through that one. I'm sorry. I did too. But the only great part of it is that Blaine plays harmonica at the end. So I guess that's canon. It's canon now that Blaine plays harmonica very well. Yes. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I loved in Fick at the time was these little tiny moments that suddenly uh, he has candy striped capri pants and can play the harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just gave us a crumb of canon that yeah. we like. It's going to be everywhere. That is fact now. I will take that crumb. Yeah, they're just like, it's cool. Um, and then the Cheerios come in, and I love this number because Brittany gets a whole ass solo. She does. I never know what the song is about, but I know it's called Christmas Wrapping because the wiki told me. Okay, but like, even that is perfect, and I'm going to be like a little bit of a geek here because that's exactly what happens in the Judy Garland Christmas special in the like mm-hmm. random middle of the scene. And Judy's got these like, you know, big band type mm-hmm. people coming on and singing Liza Minnelli shows up and does a total like number out of a completely different genre with dancers <laughs> that you have no idea what it means and doesn't fit the scene at all and then she leaves that's that does that does work for Brittany too <laughs> yeah and it was it was again part of that like homage that I was like oh like somebody really actually wanted to make this work because mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense in context, and it doesn't make sense out of context, but it's a little more fun if you actually know what it's mimicking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess at least Brittany got that it was a Christmas song. Yeah, that's true. So there is there is that to be said for her. Um, I just think it's so fun. They like show up in their little Santa outfits. Tina's there. Mike is there. Santana's there. All the Cheerios. They do a little ribbon dance. Little, so little dance. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. 
show is so good when it's when it's good. You know, when it's not trying too hard at the yeah. things we don't care about. Yeah. Like it really there there's a plot happening in this show and it's the very general Christmas versus consumerism as if Christmas isn't um, a Hallmark yeah. holiday. Like nobody's celebrating the birth of Christ, right? Like that's not, and it didn't happen, whatever. I'm not going to get into the, the biblical portion of this, but Christmas has never been anything but a candy card and present holiday in the United States. Yeah. So that part, whatever, it's fine. But they were at least trying to have a through line of consumerism versus helping others. And it actually started at the beginning of the episode with Sue inviting them to sing at the homeless shelter. There's the crisis of now they have a, um, this Christmas special that they really, really want to do. And then having to come to terms with what it means when part of their group chooses the other thing. Although I think it's really, is it Rory, Sam and Quinn, right? Who go to the Christmas shelter instead. Right. Um, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense for Quinn to go to a homeless shelter. They kind of, it felt like they sort of pigeonholed in her saying that she's she's getting over her shit and learning to be grateful for what she has and not worrying about what she doesn't have. But I also can't really see her doing the Christmas special. And I think that was it. Like, I think she was probably just the character that didn't have an immediate lean towards one or the other. So they were like, great, we'll throw her here. We'll throw her hair. She had that thing with Sam. Yeah. You know, right. so. I mean, this is this is an example of, like, no one knowing what to do with Quinn after the the writers, co- you know, as a collective cough, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just failed to have any consistency with her. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like she's not in the Cheerios right now, so maybe she just felt mm-hmm. unwelcome. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or decided that she was gonna try to be her best self. Right. And we respect that. We do. Also, what song would Quinn have sung? Like if she had gotten what Christmas song would have been her pick, do we think? Like of the ones already in the No, like if if they gave her her own Christmas song of our like, rocking around the Christmas tree or I don't know. It's Mary, beginning. did you know? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about the instinct one, the Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays? Uh, yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> I mean, maybe like I saw mommy kissing Santa. I don't know. Maybe she and Sam could have done like Run Run Reindeer. <laughs> that would have yeah. been cute. Poor Quinn. Yeah. Always, always getting stuck somewhere for no reason. She made the best of it. Um, and then she's quickly overshadowed by the fact that the whole Glee Club does show up to the yeah. shelter. Yes. So Rory shows up during the Christmas special as, um, I don't know. Itchy. Oh, yeah. Itchy the Christmas elf. Yeah. Yes. The, itchy. itchy the Christmas elf um, to deliver unto the Glee Club the true rightful meaning of Christmas, which, whatever. But it, it gets them to realize that perhaps they made the wrong decision. Although, in their defense, they are 
teenagers trying to get into competitive entertainment academies or to pursue careers in song and dance and maybe having a PBS Christmas special on your resume in this instance mm. is better. Also, if Sue really needed help with a homeless shelter, why didn't she just have her Cheerios or the football team or the hockey team or like the lacrosse team? I think they have a there's lacrosse a team whole too, right? other school full of people. Yeah, but she wanted them to sing. <laughs> That's true. Well, the only apparently, I mean, the drama club and the footballers all were uh, yeah, enjoyed at one point. So I mean, the cheerleaders were in the cheer um, the trouble tones. So yeah. it doesn't really yeah. hold up. <laughs> But they do show up and sing, um, what's the name of that song? Happy Christmas, War is Over? No, is that what they sing or was it? Um, do they know it's Christmas time? Do oh, they know yeah, it's Christmas. Christmas. It's the what worst they song. They do sing, I think, I thought they sang War is Over. Uh, I think that might be in a different episode. Wow. Because <laughs> this one, it's Do They Know It's Christmas. And I remember that only I'm in not, part because mind. one... You're it's right. a terrible song. And two, it's also <laughs> such a tone deaf song to sing at a fucking homeless shelter. Like it was bad yeah. enough. It yeah, really no, was bad right. enough that Live Aid or Band Aid or whatever the fuck that was called to be like, we're a bunch of rich ass singers who have every comfort in the world. And we want to know if you poor African nations who have nothing, do you know it's Christmas? Yeah. Like I hate that song so That's much. Shit. Like also, they sounds good. It sucks. They say it was going to be their last song for the Christmas special. It's like, how did that fit in with the rest of the songs that they had picked for the special? I don't know. I don't know. Make any sense? Yeah, who would they have sung? Maybe they would sing it to the Cheerios. Who I? Oh, maybe it's because Itchy was supposed to tell the Frosty story, and (laughs) Frosty melts (laughs) in the African sun. We're putting the thought into this that the Glee oh, writers boy. did. The writers <laughs> did that. never mm. did exactly. There are so many other songs they could have sung. I do like. Okay, I do like um, ignoring the song content. I did like that they matched a lot of voices to do harmonies that don't usually sing together, which I thought was really mm. cool. Um, Explain. Like, um, the only th- one I can think of is that Tina sings with Puck and fuck that, but like, um, Quinn sings with, <laughs> Quinn sings with Finn or something. And like mm-hmm. Rachel sings with Sam or like, I don't remember, but they kind of like mismatch, um, yeah. the usual people that sing together. I know Santana sings with Artie, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, they did a lot of like cool harmonies that you don't normally hear those voices together. So I thought that was a cool idea for like a group number. Um, there's also like half a second of Clayne, which mm-hmm. will always <laughs> Well, um, you know that the best part of that is, is they've switched scarves. They have switched scarves. Super cute. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else listening to the podcast needs to hear that, but they switched they, scarves. They switched scarves. Just in case that was a thing that you needed to to know about. And the kids are cute. Like, I mean, I mean, they're just props. Let's be real in the number, but <laughs> right at the end of the day. But I did, I did get some warm fuzzies for a bit which i guess was the point so mm-hmm. yep um i mean i still don't think that all the food they brought would actually feed a homeless shelter because like there's not that yeah. much on turkey but that's cool yeah. luckily they already had some food there i guess yeah yeah and i 
I mean, it's such a social commentary, but it's Sue points out that there there's too many people and they're not going to have enough food to feed everyone at the homeless shelter. Like that seems to be like a endemic and systemic problem in Lima, Ohio, doesn't it? That you have so many homeless people. Maybe you should work on some social programs there and not just bringing a Christmas meal. If only that had been her platform to run for, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe yes. she would have <laughs> Perhaps, potentially. So at the, at the end of the episode, they have learned their lessons about kindness, humanity. The thought that counts over mm-hmm. the material. Yes. Thing. Is, um, Rachel does embrace Barbara the sow pig. She does. Um, up in her locker. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, even though Finn got her another gift that they return um, to donate money. It was a little bit, it's not really gift to the Magi, but it made me think of it a little bit because he, he like does buy her the stupid earrings in the end. Like she's does, like, don't yeah. worry, I learned to love this sow pig. He's like, I, but I still bought you the earrings. <laughs> I still bought you the earrings. Okay, but you're right. They do return them and they go give the money to. Well, they give the money to the fake Salvation Army, which I don't right. care for. Which is not homophobic in my head. I guess the Glee version of the Salvation Army isn't. We would uh, But in case people listening don't know, don't donate money to the Salvation Army and don't let your parents donate money to the Salvation Army. There are better charities that aren't homophobic. That's right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah. I always feel like I need to explain myself when I see a bell ringer. I'm like, it's not because I'm not generous. Fuck the Salvation right. Army. Yeah, yeah. It's not you personally, and it's not me. It, it's that your company sucks. It's them. It's them. Yeah. It goes all the way to the top. <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? I think that's how that works. So the other big thing that's going on in Extraordinary Merry Christmas is the deleted box scene. And if you were not around in the Glee fandom during this, you missed one of, I think, the quintessential fandom movements that we mm-hmm. experienced as a collective fandom so what happens and someone jump in and correct me if i'm missing some things it has been 10 years <laughs> here however long it's been um before the episode aired production stills went out which was pretty common before each episode aired there'd be some production stills from the network to kind of tease what was going on in the episode and to get people excited But one of those stills was a scene of Kurt and Blaine in the McKinley High hallway holding a box with a ribbon or like a little bow on it. And then the the Clay fandom especially was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And then the episode aired and there was no scene from that production still. And deleted scenes are not uncommon in movies, TV shows, etc. But Clay historically has gotten the short end of the romantic overture department. Finn and Rachel get to kiss and hug and give each other gifts and be romantic. Even Brittany and Santana get more moments depending on where you are in the seasons. And um, Mike and Tina are just consistent. But 
there have been moments where Kurt and Blaine do not seem to act like the couple that they are. And this was one of those scenes. So it started going out that a scene was cut and there were some sources. I want to say one was Gleek Out Brazil, but honestly, I don't remember that part anymore. That it was the cut scene was Blaine giving Kurt a promise ring made of gum wrappers. Adorable. Very but cute. <laughs> adorable and super yeah. cute. Um, so the cry went out for this episode to get released. And in order, how did, what was the order of operations? Um, so the box scene project was put together by two fans um, who have deleted the boxing project account. So I don't know if we want to name them. No. So let's not just because they've, they've chosen to delete the Tumblr and I don't want to bring that back around for any reason. So there were two Tumblr people who took charge um, when the script for this episode went up on auction benefiting a charity whose name I no longer remember. So the young actors. No, that came later. The young actors yeah. came later. Um because they did another round to get eight charity. I'm sorry, it was an eight charity. Oh, okay, yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. Because the the young actors thing was another right. round of scripts. So they raised quite a lot of money to win this script, which includes the dialogue and the script directions and the, it includes the pages for that scene. We will post a link to that. So if you haven't read the pages, you can, because they are still available. Um, and it is fucking adorable. It's, it's just a scene of Blaine giving Kurt um, a heartfelt handmade Christmas present. Uh, Kurt immediately thinks that they're getting engaged which is very curt <laughs> it's like it's very curt and also uh horribly foreshadowing yes horribly foreshadowing <laughs> yes we don't want to talk about no, it but so yeah. oh god <laughs> but blaine like legit gives vows basically when he's he does to, to always love you to defend you even if i know you're wrong to surprise you, to always pick up your phone call, no matter what I'm doing, to bake you cookies at least twice a year, and to kiss you wherever and whenever you want. But mostly, just to make sure that you remember how perfectly imperfect you are. Like, the, the I mean, it's a TV show, but he said more than I said when I proposed to my fiance. <laughs> Honestly, it is a speech. Capital S speech. It really is. It's a whole speech about promising to love, defend, surprise, bake you cookies. Like, Every it's... phone call, like... It on. is everything that a fic writer would put in, yet we got it from, I'm guessing, Marty Noxon. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, Thank yeah you, really. Marty. Um, so this was a big fucking deal. And this went on for months, right? Since between the time that the stills came out, the episode came out, there was no scene. There was calls for this to be released. Of course, RIB or like, fuck you guys, we don't care. Um, and then this auction came up with the script. I sometimes think that Murphy and co were like, hey, let's see how much money we can get. 
to give them the scene. But like, fine, let's raise some money for charity. It's great. Then um, we go a step further. We went a step further where um, I had the tweet. Again, I don't need to. Well, no, I'm going to name the person because this this account, D Chris French fans, <laughs> tweeted at Murphy asking if it was possible to have the clean, clean box scene put on YouTube since at the time it, they weren't going to put it on the season three DVDs. And Murphy's response was, if you Gleeks can get me to 500,000 followers, I will release the box scene exclusively on my Twitter. <sighs> the baiting. for days. Just. Yeah. <laughs> to, follow, to follow. Kind of follow for follow is this from an award-winning producer who's like, well, if you guys can get me more followers, I'll give you a thing that I should have given you in the first place. I look so fucking stupid. And what did the claim fandom did? They said, fine. Fine. <laughs> like, said fine. Fine. We'll fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And they did. Um, and we did. And it was released. It was color corrected, which is great. So that means that it didn't get edited out until pretty far down the line. The quality and is like, the, but you it's, know. yeah, it's HD. It's it's end end of production. Like this didn't get cut probably for time um, until the very end. It looks like mm. so we needed the eventual scenes and a Rachel solo really uh-huh. badly. We needed all of Rachel's present mongering in, instead of this multiple scenes mm-hmm. where Rachel just complains about her presence. Yep, that's right. Instead of this beautiful, heartfelt genuine. Yeah. So it's, wow. if you haven't seen it, we're going to post the link because you should watch it. It's, they're standing in the hallway talking to each other like they are in a private bedroom somewhere. The eye contact is on point. The dialogue is a little ridiculous, but like amazing. Chris slash Kurt seems genuinely into the scene, which doesn't always happen. And they're wearing things that became... Uh, there's something about this scene where these items, like you, people were posting where you could find Blaine's leather book bag <laughs> and like his fucking Brooks brother sweater and his bow tie, like a lot of the stuff. And I think because people had to work so hard to get it became very ingrained for a while into fandom and fic and talk about the show. Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. Like it felt like a big deal. Oh, it was huge. Fucking huge. It was really, like you said, like the first like moment of organized clan fandom uprising of like, fuck mm-hmm. you. Like, we caught you in the act this time of doing something shitty. Like we always felt like Clane was slighted for some reason, but everybody, we never had any proof. Like yep. other fan, other ship fandoms would just be like, oh, you guys are just complaining too much, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we caught you in the act. We caught yep. you in the act and you're going to do something about it. We're going to make you do something about it. We're going to publicize it. and You can't say no. Yeah. And it fucking worked. It did. Amazing. It worked. Um, there's a, a BuzzFeed article, but I don't want to link it. So I won't. But um, um, the numbers are they needed $3,000 to win the script at the time in the auction and ended up donating, I think, 13000 to Project Angel Food which was hosting the auction. And if that is not some, uh, some oof, that is fandom rising to the occasion, which I think Mandy, your current fandom knows a bit about that. Oh yeah, we do the charity, um, which 
Yeah, we do like charity fundraisers for their birthdays. Yeah, there's there's something about using the power and the collective yeah. action of a fandom to actually do something important that I think it's overlooked when people discuss the ups and downs of fandom. Well, there have always been birthday fundraisers for Chris and Darren that still yeah. are, that still to this day are, so are done. Yeah. Yep. Which is great. Yeah, with, with, the like, ones, with the ones for like, for Dan and Phil's fandom, I think we, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that it felt really like a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. So what, what we do for them is, um, a marathon of their videos that's the number of hours that they're turning. Oh, oh, that's just going to get harder and harder. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I make the playlists. I hate myself sometimes. Uh, But yeah, like there have always definitely been birthday fundraisers, but I think the fact that Glee fandom kind of showed me that, I don't know, it can be fun when everyone's making it an event. Mm -hmm. More so than just like, you know donate so we get our head pats right yep which which i think a lot of chris and darren's were it was mm-hmm. it was literally just like we want to make chris happy and like there's nothing wrong with that like making the actor feel like the fandom appreciates them but also like i don't know it's fun to do it yeah for your own reasons too it is for sure and then the and bo- yeah boxing felt like that like it was for us like it was yeah, for no. charity too but it was for us yes and and they the organizers um, the other charity they raised money for was the Young Storytellers Foundation. And that got the PDF of the first time sent around. <laughs> Which, again, that was for us. Oh, yes. Uh, I think they raised about 40000 for the Young Author, the Young Storytellers Foundation. Where uh, there was a duet of Kurt and Blaine doing a mashup of You Spin Me Round and Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Which would have been at Scandal, would it not? Had to I think been. so, yeah. yeah. I think I used to have copies of these, and I might still somewhere. Um, because the other thing that they did was they had fic writers put paper copies of their books available. So if yeah. someone donated, you yeah. could get a paper copy of a fic. Yeah, there was a whole auction. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think I had the money at the time to actually bid on much, but right. it was... Yeah. I did not. <laughs> yeah, so that that's a bit of fandom. That's like, that's the good side. Yeah, it's so the crazy to think that that really happened. Like that, I, I, I can't think of another <laughs> fandom who's done such a crazy thing. <laughs> not like again, solely for their own means. <laughs> like, hey, we want this thing. We're gonna like brainstorm and find a way to fucking get the thing. Mm-hmm. Like to rail against the creators of a show so yeah. hard that you shame them into giving you what you want. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't doubt it was shame. Like, box. What? Like the the fundraiser got media attention. Oh yeah, yeah. To the extent that Ryan pretty much he still found a way to make it about him with that followers thing, but always. Yeah. But he had to do it still. So. You couldn't just be like, oh, I really appreciate the work you guys are doing to raise money for charity. Here's the scene. No mention of that. (laughs) No, no. It's give me followers. I wonder if he still has some of those followers that are those fake accounts that people made to get him to 50,000. Don't tell him that they're not real accounts. He thinks they're real people. Uh, he deleted his Twitter, right? So really, all of it was for nothing. Right. It was all for nothing. I feel like he's done that a couple times. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because, I mean, 
I mean, at least we knew how to screen cap everything, so nothing's yeah. really missing. Um, yeah, I wonder. He's deleted and re redone before. Let's see where he's at right now. Yeah, uh, there are currently no tweets. Yep, he deleted them all. I remember that. But I think he's on Instagram. Maybe? I don't know. I don't care that much about him. I wish I could search his followers. I would. <laughs> anybody? This, this is, is an egg and this is an egg. Eggs, man. Yeah. Old school Twitter. So, so that, you know, I feel like we couldn't really talk about extraordinary Merry Christmas without, um, without talking about the box scene and the box scene project. Like we just, we named a whole thing. Like it's not what it was called. (laughs) It is now though. (laughs) It is now. It is now. It's such an Um, interesting piece of glee that you wouldn't know if you were watching it nowadays. Like if you were just watching it on, yeah. On a, I love that we're like bringing this angle to um, the Glee podcast, have always, but that we yeah. have this unique in the Glee podcast world of, um, hey, we lived through this shit. Let's, yeah. let's tell you what it was like living through this. And yeah. sometimes you would never know about the box scene mm-hmm. otherwise. So, yeah, you'd have, at this point, you'd have to go looking for it. It's not like there's remnants of it yeah. when you turn on Netflix. It doesn't say, like, hey, besides, you're missing this yeah. episode <laughs> exactly. yeah um cool. so so if we include the boxing then this episode is gold yeah slam dunk also i'm angry that santana's um santa baby got cut now because yeah. i i think at some point i did know that but uh, uh in the totally. they have the pages up for that too it was set in like a jewelry shop uh, is she mm-hmm. helping like Rachel shop? I forget. <laughs> I'd have to actually read the scene at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. It's funny. Um, any final thoughts? Do you have a favorite song that I don't already can guess? <laughs> um, honestly, all I want for Christmas is you and Let It Snow. Yep. I'm going to say my favorite song is Robert Downey Jr. doing... <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's no, fair. the the plane duet obviously um, has, has my heart. So our Kevin McScale is actually is pretty high. He didn't yeah. sing, but he did get a Kevin whole storyline and scenes, and he kind of was the the creative force behind the Clane fanfic on screen. So like a four out of five. Yeah, I mean, if he'd gotten a song, it would have been gold. Yeah, a little bit of five. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Go Kevin. And then, <laughs> go Kevin. Um, and then our claim decks. Oh man. Like they a- didn't they didn't kiss and there was very little physical contact, but they did do let it snow and they apparently live in a Swiss chalet. And it's so I mean, do we are we incorporating the box scene into I think you have to. I think for context okay. we have to. I'm gonna say eight. Yeah. Eight? Yeah. With the I box scene, it's an eight. With the hmm. box scene, it's an eight. They really should have made out, though. Maybe an eight yeah. point. Do we have them like an eight point five? Yeah, we can, we can go an eight point five. Yeah. Okay. This is not yeah. for you, I mean, Ryan Murphy. This is for Marty. Nine, though, with yes. <laughs> for Marty. I mean, with a kiss, it would have bumped uh-huh. it up to like 
solid 10. Yeah, yeah I was going to sure. say, remember, this is peak claim. We can't forget. Like, it does not get much better than this. So yeah, it doesn't. I think we need to see if we can get Marty to talk about this. <laughs> That'd be great. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God, 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's tweet Marty. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marty on Cameo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pay her to come talk to us. Amazing. Uh, I love it. Um, I'm going to give the coulda, shoulda, woulda scale a full 100 for the boxing. Full 100. I wrote that down. Full 100. Yep. Ball completely dropped. Yep. Yep. It's not even that they didn't do it. It's that it existed and then they got they rid of it. it. Yeah. Who? Ha- who? And who? then trying to hide it. I need to know who's responsible. Yeah. And we would have never known. Exactly. We'd have never known if they hadn't, like, for one up production still. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there was a cleaner at the network who was like, get that out. No, we've okay. Yeah. Put that one out there. Get that one out there. Is it? Yeah. Put it out there. Yeah. Put it out. See what happens. Oop. My bad. <laughs> oh no. It went past editorial. Whoops. Whoops. Did it, did the scene get cut between the release of the stills and the viewing? Cause that's even crazier. I don't know. Actually I'd have to, I don't know what their editing schedule is like. It might've been. Fuck. Who knows? Who knows? It's wild. I, there were a lot of good lines, like one-liners in this um, episode. Mm-hmm. One, one of them was, um, Sue says, I made plans to shoot reindeer from a helicopter with Sarah Palin, but <laughs> had to cancel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, but my all-time favorite, because I'm, this is just who I am as a person, is like, when Kurt's like, global climate change is no laughing matter. And Mercedes is like, I think these are the end times. Um, yeah, it's so good. Still relevant, more relevant than ever. Wow. It's funny how that is perfectly timely, and yet the shooting reindeer from a helicopter with Sarah Palin is so precise to that moment. (laughs) It's like that that reference doesn't make sense to anybody outside of that time frame, and yet the global warming does. Yep. It's wild. Fucking. Glee was like that now. That's kind of like Glee's thing right there. It's like, here's some (laughs) two topical, two niche jokes, and also. Here's some really good Mm-mm. resonating. Yep. Classics. Wow. I just have to go with Stumbles, Gelfing, Young Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yes. I saw that scene coming. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Gelfling. Mandy, do you have a. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I can't. I didn't write down any specific ones. I need to take better notes. I think hers is just the refrain of it's an extraordinary Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like mine is. is just the entirety of the fact that they did the Judy Garland Christmas special. That's legit. Christmas is cancelled. Christmas is (laughs) cancelled. If only they'd been as high as Judy Garland. Yeah, I know. Rest in peace. So that is uh, the second Christmas episode, right? This is our second Christmas episode? Mm, Did they not have one in the did, did they not have one in the first season? I honestly don't remember. Regardless, this was a Christmas episode. It was crazy and lovely. We would like to profusely thank Marty Noxon for delivering this unto us. Um, I think we should we should tweet her at least mildly. Isn't that yeah. what Twitter's for? We should tweet her. You are Just, correct. There was no Christmas episode in season one. Thank you. I am always yes. mostly correct. They messed up the timing somehow. Yeah, when no. they aired. Okay. Okay, great. So 
thank you for listening. Um, if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, it's gleeontherocks.com. It's not an email address. Um, check us out on Instagram. And thank you for listening. Our next episode is, um, what's it called? Yes, yes, no. Which I think is a Sam Sadie's episode. Ooh. Mm. Sadie's fans have been waiting for those Sam Sadie's fans out there. Um, great. So uh, everyone go register to vote. Check out what your mail in voting options are. Get registered. Get your ballot. Fill it out. Send it in. And wash your hands. And I think that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs>